0: You are listening to feeding the mouth that bites you with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer, a weekly
1: podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus.
0: Hey everyone. And welcome back on today's episode. We will be discussing hormones and teenagers.
1: Okay, Ashley. I have a house full of teenagers. I have <laughs> <laughs> I have three teenagers. Two are girls and one's a boy and an extra kid that's a little younger. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of dramatic outbursts in my house. And I would love to say that there is something wrong with these people because some of it doesn't (laughs) seem natural. (laughs) But I do remember being a kid and being a teenager and the way that that felt and my hormones, my reactions were way out of control. And so, um, you know, I'd love to hear from you, Dr. Ken, about how much of this crazy moodiness, the anger, the sullenness, the drama is is really should be blamed on hormones and how much of it is just (laughs) Issues with my own kids.
2: (laughs) Well, it's important to me that we're talking about this because, as you know, in the Feeding the Mouth That Bites You book, uh, one of the things that uh, I mentioned is that it was an old kind of lazy cause description to say, oh, well, hormones cause teenagers to become these surly and whatever, because that's Mm -hmm. not really true. However, I I, want to be careful that we not imply that hormones aren't a significant influence in teenagers' lives, and a significant part of what you're seeing, so hormones absolutely play an important role in the uh, like the, the drama that you're talking about. For example, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm I think it's important that we do uh, not underemphasize that.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I remember Jessica, like you said, I remember being a teenager, and just having all of these emotions and some outbursts. I remember having these outbursts. Now I don't remember what they were about. <laughs> but I do, I do remember losing my mind at times and just feeling kind of out of control um, of my emotions. So I do mm-hmm. still vividly remember that, which helps, mm-hmm. I think, now as a mom of a teenage girl to understand um, and remember I've I, mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yes. And and as a woman, sometimes you're still there. And I think that you just feel like everything is crashing in on you. It feels like the world is coming to an end. And then you remember, okay, I'm not going to feel this way tomorrow or next week. It's easier right. when we've had a little practice out of it. But sometimes I think these kids are a little new at this right. whole feeling of going up and down emotionally.
0: And That's they don't know really, how to handle it.
2: It's a really good way to put it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my husband and I have talked about the same thing. And he has an older sister, but she's 10 years older than him. And so she was going through her teen years when he was still little. So he doesn't remember. So now Mm -hmm. being a dad of a teenage girl, he kind of is just sitting there with wide eyes. Like, what in the world? Right. Right. (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) And I'm kind of telling him, you know, this this is kind of you know, sometimes how girls respond. And I remember doing this and, but I do think it's important, Jessica, you know, we've had this conversation about, um, Mm -hmm. helping our daughters through this and giving them tools, um, to navigate this, um, so that they can handle it better. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: So Dr. Ken, when we have a crazy outburst in our house, let's say it is over can't find the shoes in the morning right before they go to school and they're crying and weeping. And you're thinking, what in the world just happened? (laughs) Uh, And and sometimes you feel like too, you're looking at this child who's, this kid who's, uh, you know, 15 years old. And you're thinking this sat looks like a teenage kid, but this is acting like a toddler. I mean, this feels like a toddler temper tantrum. (laughs) So how do we respond to this? Do we, just kind of brush it off like oh just hormones just craziness or do do we handle it differently
2: well uh, so one thing is i I probably wouldn't tell them you're acting like a toddler try not to say that that would be a bit (laughs) that
1: that may have come out of my mouth
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay too late on that but uh i mean it is obviously frustrating and i think it's important to think about the effect of hormones Uh, On girls and on boys because they're they're somewhat different. Obviously, they create, you know, like girls, you know, puberty is going to start somewhere between seven and 13 and boys between nine and 15. And that's actually getting earlier. uh, Puberty starts earlier than it used to. So kind of having an understanding of it is really important. But I'm always fascinated by the difference in the kind of effect that hormones have on the lives of girls and on the lives of boys. And what you're talking about with girls um, is, is the, the meltdown because I can't find my shoes is mostly a girl thing. And I think it is important to, uh, like you had mentioned, Jessica, to think about, all right, this is a, a partly an influence of hormones that are absolutely increasing the energy level, the emotion, all that, that Is like you've got to figure out how to ride this uh, correctly, identify what it is, be able to ride it out and understand it. So I think with girls, it's really important, for example, that you uh, try to help them to understand what this is and, and really help them to find words to describe it. You know, emotional maturity, which is a huge help in marriage. Is really the ability to know what you feel emotionally and to use words to express it out loud. So, uh, properly describing what happens when your daughter is crying over not finding shoes uh, is important for her, which would mean number one, she's not going crazy. Uh, I, I, you know, I work with marriages a lot too, and man, as you might guess, when a husband uh, describes that, well, yeah, but you know, that's when my wife was on her period. So, and he begins to imply that. Uh, the menstrual cycle causes her to go crazy once a month. Uh, Women do not like that. Uh, It (laughs) tends to be uh, dismissive, you know, and now, and I'll tell men, look, it it will definitely be a volume control on how Mm. she feels, but it does not cause her to make up new stuff uh, and and so forth. So that's something you might think about talking to your daughters about uh, and helping them to identify, um, because she'll be embarrassed about it later. I mean, they they know this is kind of silly. But being able to try to start your communication and talking to them, mother to daughter, about, you know, yesterday was a tough day for you, and uh, have you started your period, aren't you close, and kind of helping her to know that uh, this in, this is the influence that these hormones are having on me, but help her to balance between uh, really fearing that this is going to be completely dismissed. You'll notice that girls and boys don't like hearing, you can't sit down and talk with your son about, you know, let's talk about testosterone. Ooh, they don't want to talk about this. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's finding the balance between understanding the effect that these, that my moods are having, that the hormones are having uh, a balance between, I'm not saying that it makes you crazy But also, uh, this is not really a good time for you to be making major decisions because of the influence this is having over you. And that's a tough balance to teach them to take it seriously, but to not either be overly defensive or, um, you know, take it almost too, too far.
0: I do remember feeling so awkward at times, Mm -hmm. you know, your bodies are going through so much change, but just emotionally just weird. I just felt so strange in my body and in my in my mental state too because I would have these feelings about these intense feelings maybe that right. I had never had intense feelings about before. So I just remember that really awkwardness. Mm-hmm. How can we talk to our teenagers about that without making it an awkward conversation?
2: Well, I think starting with what you just said, I mean, if if you are following the planned emancipation, for example, and you're you're addressing what is most commonly a communication problem of control Mm -hmm. so that you're not a mom that's coming in and your daughter is thinking, oh, great, she's going to lecture me or I'm in trouble or whatever, then I think what you just said is important in if you can bring up, look, I remember what happened with me when I was going through this, and I'm wondering if that's similar to you. Now you have to be careful in talking to your kids. You teenagers do not like to hear parents say, basically, "I know everything you're going through, and let me explain." That's not a kind of a bonding thing, but but sharing appropriately about what you do remember in your own life, and then really asking, is that does that fit with what you're kind of were telling me yesterday? Those kind of things I think help, so you can use your own background, uh, but. It's also important to appreciate what's happening. You know, um, the music in your life, for example, you will – there's these certain years that establish what they call the soundtrack of your life. And there's, you know, certain songs during adolescence and early adulthood that will pretty much stay with you the rest of your life. You know, I'm now like 60s, and uh, and and at my age, there's no new music that's really uh, it's t- attaching to what I feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But boy, in adolescence, it's one example of how those rush of emotions uh, can really attach you to a, a lot of things in your life, music and so forth, and trying to kind of understand them. And I think it's important to really embrace all of this by telling your teenagers, this is part of that whole adult thing we were telling you. And this is a good thing. I know the yesterday was tough for you, but man, this is cool. You are listen, you're beginning to be a woman or you're beginning to be a man. I think it's really important to help uh, teenagers to hear from you uh, rather than kind of fear, like what is wrong with you? I think it needs to be talked about like, uh, yeah, this this is going to be a bit of a wild ride, but this is part of the whole reason that we're treating you differently because you're no longer a child. Look what's happening here. This is great. Mm-hmm. And girls really need to hear that.
1: Yeah. Yes. And their bodies are changing so quickly. It feels like overnight, you know, you have to start buying different clothes. You have to yes. start thinking about modesty in a different way. Um, and they, you know, in the hackney, Oh, my goodness. And you just (laughs) you feel so bad for them having to just face this. You know, it's it's a struggle at first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, for a while to figure out how your body's changing and how to how to course correct on some of it. So it really affects, I think, particularly girls in a different way, their body image and their confidence. They just start Mm -hmm. to feel so out of control because their bodies are changing so quickly and their minds really can't keep up with all the changes. So True. how do we encourage and support our daughters when they're started starting to feel so insecure about acne or insecure about their curves?
2: Well, I, I think that's important in that if if one message, like I just mentioned, is to frame this with both your boys and girls, but uh, that this is part of adulthood because uh, that's not something that we in this culture really differentiate enough that's a big part of what this whole podcast is about the other message that i think isn't talked about enough in our culture that you really want to talk about is this is part of womanness and being a woman and then when we talk about boys it's part of being a man mm-hmm. and that's a kind of it's a lovely thing and it is also something that uh, needs to be talked about if at all possible obviously woman to her daughter and and helping her to understand the uh, changes and what this is like, I, I think I've told you guys before, I spend a lot of time talking to teenage boys, teenage girls. I had my own experience in adolescence, and it's partly why I'm more fascinated, I guess, over the years in listening to the stories that teenage girls tell me, because it's it's not only the changes that she's feeling and seeing. It is how the world is kind of looking at her differently, and it's very powerful uh, as far as how it affects her image, and now that we have unlimited photography, uh, which is not a great thing, Mm -hmm. uh, it just adds that much more to her trying to figure out what is this that is happening to me, and virtually always she will read this uh, like it's a negative thing, like it's a bad thing, until the proper adults, her mother, you know, really embraces that, and then it's really important how her dad addresses it, because she's trying to assess these changes, and it almost always starts with negative. Uh, And so you you can both help uh, with the fear. Your teenager will come out with one tiny dot on their face and just not want to go to school because, uh, you know, look at me. I look horrible. Uh, And and you try to be rational that, no, no, no one's going to notice that. Uh, And that doesn't really do a lot. So taking that kind of moment and addressing that, uh, I know that feels like that's every, what everyone's going to look like. Is that what you're telling me? Look, they're only going to see that. Yeah, I totally get that. I'm so sorry. It's really rough. That's part of, I think, this whole changes that are going on with you. And this will ultimately be great. But yeah, today's going to be a rough day, ain't it? Uh, let's go see what we can do with the makeup. You know, things that, that kind of help both, uh, basically not try to fight the hormonal change, but come alongside it and exp- uh, express that I get it this is a great thing because it's both being an adult, but it's also being a woman. And uh, this is uh, an important part of what's happening to you. And it's a positive thing.
0: Dr. Ken, what can fathers do during this time that can have an impactful role in their daughters going through this, all these changes?
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, you had mentioned, Ashley, that when you talked to Brett about kind of w- what it's like, and so forth, I think step one is to help fathers not to be uh, terrified yeah. uh, by their teenage <laughs> yeah. birth. you know it's funny uh, throughout history you know they there's all these stories of how Women are described as hysterical and witches and all this, Mm -hmm. which to me is just the historical uh, reality that men just are scared to death of women and (laughs) and they can be their emotionality and all that stuff can be difficult. So it's really important for dads to first address what may be their own discomfort Uh, We talked before, I think, about it's important for him to address what may be his over-cautiousness because now that she – as her body looks more and more like a woman, I do not want to uh, be inappropriate with her, which can sometimes come out – accidentally like a bit of a, a hands-off and repulsion which makes her feel worse so it's important for him to address that within himself so he can still be appropriately affectionate with her but also and I think moms can help with this you need to really kind of help him to understand that it's okay she's just really upset she can't find her shoes that's why she's weeping so uh, don't it's so like when we talked about anxiety don't go in there and explain or even lecture her that you shouldn't be this upset It can really help her to have a man that knows how to say, you you want some Kleenex, sweetheart? You you look fine. I, I know you're worried about your mascara, but you're fine. Really sorry. And just be there with her. So that she doesn't have to feel overly ashamed of her own emotion uh, so that she can just kind of ride through it. And a a father can have a huge role in that. But that really kind of depends on him getting past his own, being terrified of his daughter's emotionality. I remember my daughter, my oldest, I'd never had a girl before. And I think it was fifth grade, might have been before fifth grade, Mm -hmm. sitting at dinner, talking about a friend and began weeping. And I was like, what (laughs) are we doing? Here? What is going on here? It's, so it's not just what's happening to the girls. It's also the tendency for men to really have a confusion uh, or, you know, being kind of freaked out by it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good to hear from an expert because sometimes <laughs> I'm staring and I'm thinking, what is going on here? Why did
0: I miss the memo? But you're the expert and it happened to you too. So
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Indeed.
0: And, you know, I think it's just wise to take in Inventory, you know, we are so quick to take inventory of ourselves, but to also take inventory of our teenage daughters and what they're going through. You know, as we talk about husbands and fathers, Brett is amazing with me. Just a few weeks ago, I was watching Fixer Upper and I was crying over an episode of <laughs> Fixer Upper. Wrong <laughs> I know, I know. And he does these sweet little things and he learned it from his daddy where he, every time he goes to the grocery store. He buys me this little pack, this individual pack of brownies, and he will get three or four of them at a time. And he stores them in the pantry, this hidden guy. away from the kids. Ninja. Right. Is yes. Right. Like He's a genius. But it's just so different seeing our daughter going through these same things as she prepares to become a woman right. um, that, you know, that this is the start of something. And so to not be so freaked out and so bewildered by it, but to recognize what it actually is.
2: And, you know, he can use similar techniques then with teenage daughters that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever her thing is, uh, you know, just having a man that can (laughs) sit down and not explain, not try to talk her out of it, but just go here, I got this for you and just sit (laughs) next to her teaches her to not invalidate what she feels, but to also know how to ride through it and recognize uh, where she is sort of on this roller coaster, which is really difficult. Uh, yeah. and, and girls need to learn it because they have to explain it later to an overly freaked out man, because men yeah. are terrible at this. So <laughs> I think that's a great example.
1: Yes. So I know that there are a lot of uh, cases that I've heard of that um, some sort of mental illness, whether it be depression or schizophrenia, might have an onset at uh, teenage years. How right. much is that affected by hormones? And should we blame hormones when our teenager is, say, depressed?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, again, that goes back to, I think, one of our earlier messages. I really don't like the sometimes tendency for parents or even other professionals to over our emotional experience. And so uh, I think when it comes to depression, for example, there absolutely can be and is. uh, If you look up, you know, hormones and depression, you're going to see probably I haven't done it, but probably a bunch of articles on postpartum because the most common example of significant depression and even psychotic experience is postpartum because once you've uh delivered a baby and there's this huge wash of hormones go through it's a really tough wave for women to go through Mm -hmm. you're not going to read as much about that in when it comes to teenagers because uh hormones are part of a number of stresses that add to uh, things that can contribute to depression as far as i know there's not a direct link of if A teenager has too much of X hormone that always causes clinical depression. It's not a direct link, but it is absolutely one of the things that can contribute to depression. I just think it's important to not give hormones too big a role in that that can sometimes be a a safety valve for parents to almost kind of tell themselves that it's not my fault. There's something medical here. Well, it's not your fault anyway, but you don't have to over medicalize the potential of depression. There's no question that hormones have a contributory factor, but I would not overplay the role of that as a direct cause.
1: Okay, so I know when my kids became teenagers, suddenly they started sleeping at weird times. Mm. I mean they would go to bed yeah. at two o'clock in the morning and they would sleep till as late as I'd let them, which sometimes is such you know, a
2: healthy pattern.
1: More like yeah. midday than it is morning. <laughs> so how much is how much is affected So how much of their sleep is affected by their hormones?
2: Well, in general, the the hormones that trigger all these physical changes absolutely uh, is part of why teenagers in general need nine or 10 hours. If they were to get the amount that they're needing, it's going to be roughly nine to 10 hours on average because their body is going through all this. Hormones directly can actually make sleep harder. For example, when uh, girls are in their period, it can sometimes be uh, make your sleep cycle uh, weaker and harder to sleep. But the general pattern is why you see teenagers uh, sleeping all the time. It's so funny, during the summer, my favorite is if I have a new patient come in, and you know he's like 14, and I'm like, dude, it's 9.30 in the morning. And my first question is always, would you be awake now if you weren't here in my office? And they're always... I said, so you're spending the summer getting up at the crack of brunch. Is that what we're doing? They, they always, you know, do that. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a result of both a kind of a combination of fear of missing out, you know, uh, so if some if people are still messaging at two in the morning, I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. Plus this, your body saying, dude, we need more sleep than this. And, and, and so you get these kind of weird struggles with sleep that, uh, again, if you go back to the feeding the mouth to bite you, we talk about how to best avoid over control struggles, but sort of let the effect of their own bad choices appropriately land in their lap so they can learn how to, you know, kind of adjust this.
0: Dr. Kent, how do hormones affect our daughter's sexual behavior?
2: Well, I think the main thing is that in women, the general relational and emotional and sexual sort of movement is toward closeness and connection. Mm -hmm. And if you definitely combine, combine that with a girl who's very uncertain about what's happening in her body at a time that, you know, virtually all of them just simply, so they become prettier and prettier, but they never know that what they want is connection. They really are going to want affection. They really are, can be very physical and, and do, um, have interest in sex, but, I got to tell you, having talked with girls for years, as you know this, um, it is a, an interest in intimacy, in mm-hmm. connection. And so uh, a girl will uh, – her hormones and the changes that are happening will definitely uh, create in her a longing to be uh, literally physically held, to be close, uh, that sort of thing. There's definitely sexual interest that comes with that, but for girls, it's it's definitely – you want to think about it still in that connectedness. What it doesn't cause is girls to uh, be sexually desirous of a lot of sexual intercourse. Uh, I hate when that comes up in my office. Some kid will tell me, well, she is just kind of a nympho. And I'm like, dude, you know, that's not a thing, right? There is no girl that's sitting around (laughs) going, man, I can't wait to have sexual intercourse with a boy. That is not what she's thinking. Now, a girl will put herself very much in that position because she really wants the connection and the longing but that kind of longing can absolutely be addressed by a very affectionate and caring father that's really your front line Mm -hmm. uh and it helps her to kind of manage what is otherwise yeah girls absolutely get uh more interested sexually but it's all in that romantic um desire to be loved and to be connected and affectionate with with the whole, whatever this whole mysterious world of men is. She wants to know how how am I connected to a man?
1: Well, I know this is significantly different than what we would say about a boy. So I look forward to next week's conversation where we focus a little more on boys. Thank you for Mm -hmm. joining us today. We'll wrap this episode up and carry on next week
0: thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would
1: love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at